Welcome to Nets Talk Now, Driving Change, a podcast brought to you by the Network of Employers for Traffic Safety. Each month, we bring you engaging conversations with global road safety leaders and innovators, so you too can work to advance road safety for everyone. Welcome, everyone. I am Susan Hip, the Executive Director of NETS, and uh, pleased to have everyone here with us again today where we talk the, the challenges and issues facing fleets today. And with us, I am really happy to have one of our NETS fleet safety sponsors, CEI, who has been a sponsor for a number of years, so many I actually can't even remember now. But I've mentioned before how our fleet safety sponsors truly provide such value to our members through all of their experience, their resources, the products and information they have available to really help advanced fleet safety programs. So today with us, we have a guest from CEI, Brian Canary, who is the leader for product innovation and technology integration. And with over 20 years of industry experience and management of fleet risk and safety solutions, Brian leverages his deep knowledge of client needs and advancing technologies to develop new products and services that deliver increased value to fleet and risk managers. And through Brian's leadership, CEI's fleet driver safety programs remain the forefront risk reduction and mitigation solutions in the industry. But when Brian is not innovating for CEI, he spends most of his time at the ice hockey rink and soccer fields with his wife and three children. So Brian, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Hi, Susan. Hello, everyone joining us. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to our discussion. I am too. And I would love to talk more about, you know, ice ice hockey and soccer fields. I spend hours, as you do, I'm sure, at all of the fields with the kids and all the sports. But today we are (laughs) focusing on another topic that is just as important, I think, fleet safety issues. So lots to talk about today, right? Absolutely. Looking forward to it for sure. So the topic for today, by the way, is the perfect storm in fleet safety. And we're going to touch on that a little bit later here and explain a little more about that. But to to kind of explain to everybody why that's the topic for today. First, for those that don't know who CEI is and if they're not familiar with CEI, can you explain a little more about CEI and and what people might want to know? Yes, I'd be happy to. We are the market leader really in accident management and driver safety services in the fleet industry. Make no doubt about it. They are passionate about getting drivers home safely every day. In fact, we often report out on our success. We use metrics to drive this point home consistently. For example, in, in 2022, we helped our safety clients avoid over 11,000 accidents, including 4,700 accidents that would have sustained injuries. According to statistics and current trends, what I'm most excited about that with that number is these results have saved approximately 81 lives. So you know, just hearing that makes me so proud of our team's efforts. And you know, when we think about our organization, our company, and how the, what this impact is, you know, our bottom line is truly measured in terms of how many lives we save. I love that you said that, you, how passionate you are about getting drivers home, because that's really what it's about at the end of the day. No matter, you know, what you put into the vehicles, no matter what data you track, it's really about getting those people home safely. And as you mentioned, saving 81 lives this year, you know, that's 81 more people that made it home. So that's that's fantastic. I, those statistics are just incredible there. So thanks for sharing that. Tell me a little bit from your perspective at CEI, what's new in the world of fleet safety today? We're always facing new, new challenges. There's always new technology, right? A lot of fleets have to figure out which direction to go and what should we be doing? And so what's new in the world? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we're seeing companies put more emphasis on safety than they have in the past. And this has been a trend that I've seen for the last few years. I mean, safety is always 
always been important and especially to the folks within organizations that live and breathe it every day. But through a, a corporate level, I would say we're seeing more emphasis on making sure that safety is a part of a company's organization and everyday culture. This could be because, you know, companies who want to be socially responsible are, are mindful of the impact that their fleet operations have, especially in operating safely within communities they serve. Also, budgets are being hit with inflationary pressures. You know, looking for areas of cost savings leads fleets to focus on accident spend because it's really one of the largest expenditures for a company that operates fleets, especially if accident rates are high and they're experiencing serious losses. The, the cost impact as well as the desire and need to prevent employees from being injured or God forbid a fatality is front and foremost in their minds, I believe. We are truly seeing, as you referenced earlier, the perfect storm in fleet safety right now with both these increased cost and increased accident rates as a result of some of the trends over the last year and a half, two years that we've seen go. You touched on a couple of points there that we've talked about a lot, actually. It's that safety culture. And so it's interesting that you are seeing from your perspective that that's really increasing now, the, the emphasis on that, because it truly is important from the top down, right? It's leadership that has to lead by example and show that safety is important. Otherwise, everybody else in the organization isn't going to follow that. And then the cost as well. It's really important to, to focus on the fact that, yes, I mean, again, these are people. We want them home at the end of the day. But for a business, you know, to look at that business cost, that has the cost to crashes report out there where organizations can kind of look and see what their individual cost is because that's a huge part of running a fleet program, right? So, um, and then you were talking a little bit about the perfect storm and, and how this is combining into all of these elements. So share more about that. Why why are we talking today about the perfect storm? Yeah, so the reason why I kind of refer to that really is, you know, you know post-pandemic behaviors meeting pre-pandemic traffic volumes resulted in the highest fatality rates in nearly 20 years last year. Fleets are dealing as a result of that with increased accident rates year over year. You know, there's impacts to uh, insurance premiums, you know, captives and reserves. And while vehicle technology is getting safer, which is tremendous and something we're all excited about, it's still driver behavior that really contributes to nearly all these crashes. And with driver behavior, right, still comes the challenges of, of getting through, say, phone distractions or distractions in general when behind the vehicle. In fact, you know, phone distraction itself is involved in 25% of all crashes. Speeding. Speeding is involved in nearly one-third of all fatal crashes. And then still 28% of fatalities involve unstrained vehicle occupants, which really still blows my mind in terms of this day and age, um, the use of you know, restraints in vehicles is not necessarily being adopted at a rate we would think it would be. So again, excited about all the vehicle technology that's coming out, but at the end of the day, it's truly driver behavior and the impact that driver behavior has on reducing collisions is the area that can be targeted and the area that needs to be focused on, again, coming out of a pandemic when, when we're seeing increased traffic volumes back to pre-pandemic levels. It's so interesting and, and timely that you talk about that, Brian, because just today we uh, launched our, our monthly newsletter. And I talked a little bit in my article in there about some of these behaviors, the seatbelts, you, you know, lack of seatbelt use and the distraction and, um, you know, things that are simple, right? Like, why can we not get back to the basics and just put on a seatbelt? My, my mom would not leave the driveway as, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, if I did not have my seatbelt on. <laughs> but yeah. there are people today that don't. You know, they don't buckle up or this distraction, you know, I mean, the estimated crashes due to distraction are completely underreported because people, you know, they don't want to admit that they were on their cell phone or eating something or putting makeup on or whatever. There's so many distractions and the technology, while it helps, like you said, the bottom line is it's the behavior. So technology can help us, but we still have to sit behind the wheel and pay attention and drive and our behavior 
really has an impact on that. So speaking of that, what what do you see? Um, you talked about, you know, distractions, beating seatbelt use, et cetera. What behaviors do you see as the greatest risk and what should fleets look for? Are there things they can look for on driver records to try to help prevent bringing in some of those drivers that may not be good drivers, or you could even phrase it as being a bad driver? Yeah, great question, Susan. My thought on that is it really is a, a today in fleet safety programs, it needs to be a combination of some of the traditional measures, which are monitoring motor vehicle records, using historical collision data. But it's also more important, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a little bit here, some of the advancements in technology that have come about in the last year or two and how we can more proactively monitor driver behaviors. But to answer your question in terms of motor vehicle records and the role they play, I would still say it's a very important first step in screening out problem drivers and behaviors as part of a, an onboarding and new hire orientation process. Motor vehicle records are important, but you know you can't catch everything on a motor vehicle record. Most of the time, what we find is when we have drivers that have a collision, they have a clean motor vehicle record prior to that collision. So you know, there's certain behaviors that are out there that can be more predictive in terms of identifying crash risk. Some of those, as I mentioned earlier, involve connected vehicle data where you can identify drivers that have speeding behaviors, hard braking, hard cornering, acceleration, the lack of wearing a seatbelt. You can, you can pick this information up most of the time within using connected vehicle data. Even using mobile connected vehicle solutions, you can identify phone distraction which is an incredible advancement when you can start to identify drivers that are, are utilizing the phone, whether handheld up to their ears or whether they're, they're tapping on the screen. These are all very important in terms of identifying what I'll call kind of aggressive behaviors that can contribute to crash risk. You know, some, sometimes some of these behaviors show up on motor vehicle records, but most of this behavior is likely to not found by law enforcement um, because there's only so many drivers that law enforcement can identify and address on the road. And sometimes even with the motor vehicle record challenges, you'll find that you know, a driver may have had a speeding infraction, but then on the motor vehicle record, maybe it was down to something a little bit. So the, the accuracy of the data sometimes is, you know, can be coming to question in terms of whether we're really identifying the behavior through a motor vehicle record. So that's why we say it's very important to still use those records, but also to have an expanded program and uh, with the advancements in technology today, being able to utilize everything that's at your fingertips in terms of identifying these that's, yeah, that's a really great point you made too about the onboarding and the orientation and making sure that, you know, you are training people and then following up on this data. And so, yes, you have this data available, you've got this technology, but there are hidden areas and things that the, you know, fleets maybe can't see. And that's where the onboarding and orientation is important to continue that education and continue monitoring and paying attention to all of that. So. You talked a little bit earlier about some of the statistics about how CEI has helped so many fleets and avoided 11,000 crashes and saved 81 lives, et cetera. Uh, what, what are the results? Do you have, I, I'm sure you can't share you know, specific client information here, but can you share some examples of the results of some of the fleets that you've worked with? How have they seen other improvements and, and what changes have they made in their fleets uh, based on using these tools? Sure. I mean, it's been pretty amazing. I mean, in studies we've seen, especially if you look out over three, six, even 12 months out, you're seeing that a significant reduction in collision rates. You know, we see upwards of, you know, at, at least 15, 13 to 15%. Uh, and a lot of times these are fleets that have had very stable safety programs over the years where they have achieved sometimes what's called that low hanging fruit in the very beginning. By, by implementing what we like to call these plateau busters, right? Sometimes you'll see a reduction in collisions and then it gets kind of, uh, it levels off. But the fleets that really invest into solutions where we're using more proactive forms of, of data and remediation, we see kind of a, a next level of reduction that's available to them that maybe hasn't been there in the past. And even with um, not just collision reduction, but we typically see 
you know, maybe a 30, up to a 30% reduction of motor vehicle record violations through the ability to proactively address behaviors. So you talked to, you just mentioned proactive. So in your opinion, do companies tend to be more reactive and how can they shift to being more proactive in terms of, you know, it, once you've had a crash, it's too late. So, you know, how do you put into place some proactive measures in order to address these behaviors up front? And, you know, you, you can put all this technology in the vehicle, but does that get back to the training again, to onboarding? Are there other ways that they can be more proactive in addressing this? I would always suggest with be proactive, right? And again, I mentioned earlier that the data and tools and technology that's available, but sometimes it's just important to go back to the basics of what really provides, you know, a, a true safety culture within an organization. And I would say be proactive, you know, starting right off the bat with your new hire orientation program to ensure that new hires coming on board understand that safety is key within this organization all the way up through leadership. That gets that safety culture going right into the beginning. Doing what we can to use data also to drive online training and other training measures across the organization. What we currently see is trends, instead of just being remedial in terms of training, be a little bit more proactive in terms of getting communications out. It doesn't always have to be a full online training module or behind the wheel training, just simply finding ways to communicate to drivers. And then um, you know, we talked about it earlier a little bit, but that manager level, getting different levels of management within the organization to adopt that safety culture, having them be the conduit to the drivers and their employees to talk about how important safety is. It's truly proactive in terms of how a company can go about trying to prevent that first collision from happening, doing everything under their control to create that safety culture, and then utilizing the data and different technologies that are available, that are out there today to help support those initiatives. That's a great point about that. That's terrific. So you've mentioned you know, a lot of ways these tools are really effective and how it really has made an impact on a lot of fleets and reducing crash rates. Are there exceptions? Are there times where this isn't working so well? And what do you do about it? When it doesn't work that well, it's probably more so a lack of adoption. Like the, a lot of the information that's out there today, one of the things that are a key initiative of ours as well is getting the driver engaged in, in knowing how they're performing. Again, through connected vehicle data, for example, a driver doesn't necessarily have to wait until the annual MVR run to see if they companies aware of any infractions they had or wait until they had a collision to see about how that get addressed. Today, drivers can see how they're performing in terms of, you know, braking, speeding, accelerating, and so forth. And then comparing that, how they perform against others in their organization. Um, you know, through our Driver Care Connect tool and, and Driver Care Risk Manager platform, companies have the ability, the drivers have the ability at their fingertips for their mobile devices to see how they're performing. So I believe self-recognition is key, um, self-awareness. So drivers that are able to do that and see that, they're more, more likely going to be adopting these programs and solutions. And then, again, knowing that their manager is engaged and so forth in this also helps with a little bit of that Hawthorne effect to make sure that they're aware that this is important to their, to their manager and supervisor. And therefore, it's going to be important to me if, if for some reason I don't, I don't think it's important to me enough already to get home safely every, every day. It's just really getting information and knowledge out to them. I think that would increase adoption and, and buy-in. Yeah, engaging the driver. Competition is not always a bad thing, right? <laughs> Sometimes having the competition with seeing what other drivers are doing and trying to make yourself better is really useful. Um, and one of the other things we announced today, actually, in our newsletter was the, the agenda coming up for our conference, um, our annual conference that's coming up. And interestingly enough, two of our presentations on there, two of our keynotes are going to be addressing behavior and positive reinforcement. And you know, how can we positively impact the behavior of drivers in order to keep them safer? So the, the one presentation, for example, talks about, um, I'll just give you a little clue to it ahead of time, green beans and ice cream. 
you know, when you're a kid, you don't get to eat your ice cream until you have your green beans, right? So there's some positive incentive there to make some changes and change your behavior. And so I think it's the same with drivers, right? You you need to find ways to help promote their good driving behaviors and help promote the, the good things that they're doing. And with your system, it sounds like, you know, they can see their performance and they can help uh, try to improve it. Yeah, Susan, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I feel like doing this for a long time and so much of the emphasis on fleet safety over the years sometimes is is about the stick approach, right? Is about finding drivers that are high risk and and identifying and remediating those drivers. and But recognition is so key. And being able to recognize drivers that are doing the right thing out there and use them, making sure, showing them as champions within the organization, just as you would for any other thing that they're doing in their job or role, um, making driver safety a part of that is a part of that is a tremendous opportunity and something that we've seen. Fleets that have started to put those in, we're seeing success and buy-in to, to just be recognized. And to have the ability for managers to recognize for that behavior, it's a tremendous tool and it's something we all feel good about at the end of the day, right? People tend to like receiving recognition, but if you're like me, you just as much love to give recognition out to your team members. And then and the more we can open eyes up to that, I think it's very important. Yeah, absolutely. So some great resources at CEI. You're doing some really wonderful things and really making an impact on this, you know, the fleet safety situation for a lot of clients out there. So anything else going on at CEI that you want to share? Anything else that our our listeners should know about that you're doing? Yeah, one of the big initiatives we have right now is we're looking to expand our, our safety solutions. Primarily right now, we're, our solutions are, are based in the in the States and in Canada. And now we're going to be expanding that. Um, we're excited to, to see that into Mexico. Perfect. A lot of customers that are that have you know fleets in all of North America and have drivers all across. And, and what we're building right now is a, the ability for them to have a consistent safety program policy and so forth with the tools we mentioned earlier and expansion that into Mexico. So we're really excited about that and the ability to do that. And then the other thing is just based on using the data that we've seen, the confidence that we have in our ability to reduce collisions. You know, we've launched new programs, initiatives where, you know, we're incentivizing and really pretty much guaranteeing our customers that they'll see a reduction of up to 15% in many cases in terms of collision reduction while being on the program right now. And we're, and we're very proud of that because we have data that's proven that over the years and, and uh, we're, we love partnering with customers to achieve those, those reductions. That's fantastic. And I love to hear that you're um, expanding to Mexico because uh, a few years ago, Nets actually had a, a Latin America conference and the, the challenges and issues of driving in Latin America are so different than the U.S., right? I mean, it's just, it's it's other things that they're facing that we don't deal with here in the United States. And so uh, to hear you're expanding there is really great because there are some, some ways that you can help uh, those fleets down there too, I'm sure. So it's good to hear. So we will share uh, the website, of course, in the notes here on the, the podcast, but do you want to share um, what is your website? Where can they find more information about CEI? So the website we can go to is at this ceinetwork.com. There, the email address is just simply info at ceinetwork.com. But yeah, tons of information on there. If you're, if anyone is interested in learning more about our proven safety programs that we have in place and, and anything that you know, maybe you didn't hear today, but you're interested in learning more about or asking about, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Fantastic. Thank you, Brian, for being here. Like we said, you know, really at the end of the day, it's about getting drivers home safely. And CEI has a lot of resources and tools that can help fleets do that. So appreciate your time today and sharing this. No doubt about it. Thank you so much, Susan. Much appreciated. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Now, Driving Change, a network of employers for traffic safety podcast for anyone and everyone who is dedicated to advancing road safety. Be sure to subscribe and tune in each month for new episodes.